of New Year's resolutions. How many of... Uh, <laughs> thank you for putting your hand up. Because I, I kind of... Why would you not want to better yourself? Why would you not want to look at your year and go, do you know what, 2019, I don't think I did that too well. I think I ate too many scones in 2019. I think I need to no, eat less, but do that. So the whole thing of a new year is where we look at the new year and go, I'm going to renew, I'm going to refresh what, what I'm going to do with that. And that is an incredibly healthy, good thing to do because the alternative is I don't want to change. The alternative is, I'm quite happy with a few extra pounds by my waist. You know what? It's not going to move by itself. You know, you have to do something about that because we look at our life and the, the whole point is not to look at your life and say, I feel bad about that. God has given you the power to do things in your life. You are a created being. You are a son of the living God. You can look at anything in your life and go, I, with the strength of God, I'm going to do something about that. And God is going to bring some changes for those who have a living, active faith in 2020. And so it is a good time to refresh. I kind of like looking at what the latest uh, fads or New Year's resolutions are for the year. So if you're looking for some ideas, maybe uh, that you want to do. Some of uh, people have gone, I'm going to budget better. Who needs to budget better in 2020? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's good, isn't it? There's no point looking at your navel going, Ooh, yeah. do something about it. Some people are going to cook more. Who would like their partners to cook more? <laughs> See how I did that, isn't it? <laughs> Alan's going, I'm not coming back here, Aaron. <laughs> did not come to church to be told to cook more. Somewhat, obviously, uh, you can join reading more. Hobby, drink less, isn't it? You know, dry January as it's now called. Eat more veggies. Put your hand up if you want to eat more veggies in 2020. Actually, so you're not as weird as everybody tells you, isn't it? We should all be eating more veggies, cutting calories, walking more, grow something. Did you know some of you might go, I want to get in the garden and grow things rather than killing them in 2020, isn't it? Go on a holiday, exercise more, drink more water. Who's drinking more water? Come on. That is good, people. Drink more water. Audio books, isn't it? Some people go, I'm going to volunteer more. Some people are going to study their family history. Some people are going to declutter. Some people are going to take regular lunch breaks. And it sounds daft, doesn't it, you know? Not entirely a bad thing, isn't it? Some people are going to donate their old clothes. Some are going to journal. Some are going to set a to-do list, change routines, buy some new trainers. I don't know why that ended up on a New Year's resolution list. I do understand it, though, because I do need... I mean, I, my white trainers are no longer white. So I do need to get a new pair of new trainers for the new year. Go to bed on time. How many of you put that down? Have a facial. You've already done that this year, haven't you, Joe? Had a facial already. <laughs> well done, Joe. I'd like to point that out. He's so proud. Spend less time on your phone. Develop a new skill. Let's move on. <laughs> Current events. You know what Rachel calls my phone, my second wife? It's a little bit harsh. Jealousy. <laughs> Eat more fruit. Did you know, have a bath before bed. Do you know that decreases anxiety if you have a bath before bed? You know, so that's what you're looking at. Uh, take up art, buy some new candles. That was hilarious. I thought that was funny. Isn't it? I don't know who, who was going to buy new candles at New Year's resolution. Alice. <laughs> I kind of went through the list and went, how many of them don't benefit me? 
don't know if you pulled that out, but there's only two I found in that list that were New Zealand didn't benefit me, and one was volunteering, and one was donate clothes. The rest was all about me, 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 me. Interesting, isn't it? You know, sometimes we're a little bit pre-focused on ourselves. And I don't think um, exercising more is bad and it's not focused on you because there's a greater you to come out of that. I do, do understand that. But it's just worth in our thinking. Should Christians practice New Year's resolutions, by the way? So let me read something from the Bible just to help you with this. Physical training is of some value, but godliness has a value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. So I want to kind of put something out as a suggestion. Rather than just taking on all these good things to better yourself, that actually you take God and you increase God's influence in your life in 2020. And I want to promise you right now, according to the Word of God, if you do that, for those that do do this in 2020, your life, not only today will be better, but you will be investing into your future, into your family, into your sense your purpose, and you're going to have a year like no other. Who wants that sort of year? Godliness is the key. So the year for the church that I want to draw us into is to refresh and restart. And the first thing, I want to encourage you to get into God's Word together. These next few moments is just me helping you to get God into your life in a daily basis that we learn to do that. Now, we're going to do something brand new in the church that we've never done before. We're going to try and take an online poll uh, using your phone, by the way. So I just want to put that screen up now. Can, can we do that, Tom? Drag the screen across. Here we go. The question I want you to ask is, how often do you read the Bible? For those who've got phones, go on your phone and go on to www.menti.com. It will ask you for a code on that screen. It's nothing weird. You just type in the code that's above there, 73042. You type that code in, that's going to pop up as an option for you. It's directly linked to what we're doing. And as you click on those answers, how often do you read the Bible? Every day, four times a week, once a week, or infrequently. Right now, be honest. This is not an aspirational poll. Somebody's already up there straight away. You can see this is live going on in a room. How excited. It's working. <laughs> I, was, I was more worried that it wouldn't work uh, to do that, isn't it? Yeah, so keep that going uh, to do that because we're going to get work out how we are doing in reading the Bible. Be honest, be actual, not aspirational because being aspirational, we're all going to tick the box of every day, Aaron. I read the Bible every day. So come on uh, to do that because we're going to do that. Maybe we could do it at the end of the year. We do this again and realize, you know, we could evidence how well we've done, or maybe not, isn't it? So while that's going on, I want to kind of uh, move through that in, in motivating you to read the Bible more. 2 Peter 1, verse 19, says this, Above all, you must understand that no prophecy in Scripture ever came from the prophets themselves, or because they wanted to prophesy. It was the Holy Spirit who moved the prophets to speak from God. The Bible is the divine inspired word of God. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Who wants to be equipped for 2020? Let me tell you, the Word of God is going to equip you for 2020. Let me tell you, it's God-breathed. And what means by that? You take a very physical book. Here's mine at the bottom of my bag. Okay. 
And you take this and you read the text of it and it's God-breathed, which means, right, who, who didn't get on well at school, okay? So who kind of struggled a little bit? It's all right, we, you know, we, we own this, right? And like the moment somebody said, grab a textbook out, whose eyes glazed over? Who's, who's gone to university and fell asleep during a lecture? And then you've watched where your pen is just dropped off the page just as, as, as you've gone, uh, dropped to sleep, things like that. We get this, right? This is not an academic book. This is not a book that you look at from a brain perspective and you're just going to become clever. You'll become wiser, by the way. Something happens. It's God-breathed, by the way, which means when you open your Bible and you start to read this, you know what God has breathed into this text? So I, I know Acts well. And uh, we sat down, and, and Alex is in a relationship uh, with me on a discipleship basis, where we talk about growing in God, right? He's one of these, he's one of these first in, as we build in 2020, go, I want to grow in God. And so what that means is we meet together to read the Bible and to pray, and I ask how he's growing in God. That's how our discipleship relations are. And, and I picked up early on that he glazes over when we read big. I gave him a challenge to go home and read the Bible. I said, how did you get on? And he's like, oh, it feels like I'm in the classroom. And then we learned something. He opens his Bible and he says to the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, I want you to speak to me right now. Let me tell you, his revelation is so high on the Word of God. It's not born out of an education or being this super clever person. It's born out of a heart who wants to learn the Word of God. I sit there going, wow. This has not been revealed to you out of a natural way. This has been revealed out to the Holy Spirit. Who wants to open their Bible like that? I, I do. It's God-breathed. Which means, by the way, you don't have to be clever to kind of think, I've got to know everything about it. You go, God, what are you saying to that? You open it up, and then God goes, and he breathes into you. And this is what happens for me, by the way. And if I'm weird, I do apologize, right? I could be sitting here reading the Bible at home, and then I'm just listening, and then God just speaks in, and I'm like, whoa. Did you see what happened there? God breathes in. God fills you up. Sometimes I do this. Wow. I, I can't. I tell you, the word of God is living and active. It, it speaks and what goes on into me suddenly fills me up. And I suddenly start to go like that. How do we run the pole, by the way? How often do we read the Bible every day? Well done, church. Four times a week. Two months, 16 infrequently. Let me tell you. Let me show you. Where's my notes? <laughs> Who's got my notes? We're in the church where it steals the pastor's notes and watch them over. Okay, so this is research done <coughs> to let your know how you... Every day, Protestant churchgoers read their Bible 32%. Who's good on maths? We're higher, by the way, than the average church member. Give yourself a cheer, Riverside. <clears throat> and I, because you're so good, I don't need to preach today. And I'm joking, but... <laughs> few times a week, 27%. Once a week, 12%. A few times a month on the Read the Bible. So where do we read the Bible? Go back onto the uh, PowerPoint, if that's all right. So I don't know whether you've got a certain place uh, that you read the Bible on there. Uh, we find different ones in the last month. Part of the survey that's been done of people's reading habits. 88% is done in the home. 
85% is done in church service, isn't it? More of you read the Bible at home than in church. Part of what we're trying to encourage you to do is bring your Bible to church so that when someone like myself is talking, you've got the Bible in hand, you know, uh, to do that. The reason I have my Bible this size, it fits in my pocket, you know, it's very flexible, it bends, I can take it everywhere and wherever I am, I can start it in and I love the mobile side of that. At a church gathering, who reads the Bible in bed? Come on. It's good. Who's fell asleep reading the Bible? It's okay. Can I just say, it is okay to read the Bible. All right? It's far better to fall asleep while reading the Bible than doing other things. All right? Something, you know, it's good. God just speaks to you and you can just rest on his word and then suddenly you wake up and you go, ah. Oh. It's just good to do that. There's no guilt on that. Keep doing it. There's no cafe in there, John. There's no reading the Bible in, in a coffee shop. Who's read the Bible in a coffee shop? One of the things we're trying to do in our discipleship mechanism is develop this spiritual practice by which we go into public areas and sit there quite naturally and just read the Bible together and pray. I'm a massive kind of, what's the word? Don't ask the word. You got to do it. <laughs> Supporter of this type of behavior that actually we just don't just live our life in a building. We go everywhere. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? You know, when you're going on your walk and you're kicking your leaves, God is there right in the middle of all that place. I want you to get God into 2020 that we do this. Right. Um, how do we prefer to be? What's your favorite passages? Like, this made me laugh. This is no big surprise for those who read the Bible regular. Uh, so let's start with the least favorite, by the way. At the top of the list, Leviticus. Put your hand up if you love reading Leviticus. <laughs> Joe, theology students. Right, okay. If you, so I'm going to do you a favor now, Joe, because you've just put yourself out in there. If you have any questions about Leviticus, can you just see Joe? Can we just put him on as an online advisor, you know, for this whole uh, year as well? Numbers, uh, Revelation, Revelation, Song of Songs. Put your hand up if that's your favorite book. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being your favorite book, by the way. It's just people's preferences. Lamentations, by the way. If you want to feel good and you want the, the day to rise on your day, you don't read Lamentations, do you? If, that's that. if you want to feel good, you read Job. Because Job's life, but honestly, it's such a kind of sad story of going, can it get any worse? And your life, suddenly what you're struggling with doesn't seem worse anymore. And you work out feeling better. I don't know why we shouldn't think that way, should we? That just seems terrible. But it's there. Boosts to the word of God. So why do so many people own Bibles and yet so few read Bibles? I thought that would be an interesting question that we could stir in ourselves, which goes into you about why do, when you don't read your Bible, why is that? So if we just put the research up, if that's okay. So right at the big one, this is not a massive surprise for us because we're busy. Who, put your hand up if you're busy. Everybody should put in there. Like, you're slightly caught, by the way. It's a trap question, isn't it? If, if I don't put my hand up, I'm busy. It's like, why do I want to read the Bible more? If things like that. Who's, who gets distracted when they read the Bible? Who, who kind of, oh, New Year's resolution, you're going to read the Bible. You open your Bible, you sit there, cheese sandwich. <laughs> Who's had that? Do you think the devil is just tempting me with a cheese sandwich? The answer is yes, isn't it? That's definitely true. I'll tell you why, because he knows how to get your attention. It's called temptation. That, that's what it is. The devil knows one thing that's going to cause you, right? And you know what? Sometimes having to do other things is a temptation. Have you noticed you sit down to read your Bible and say, oh, I've got to do that today. 
well, then I got to do that today. And before you know it, you're just going to... Nicky Gumbel, you know, he's the, he one of the kind of uh, Holy Trinity Brompton and that movement where we see growing in such a, an incredible way. He's got this really good discipline when he reads the Bible and that happens. He has this little black notebook on the side. And when he's reading, the distraction comes. He just kind of writes it down. I'll do that later. He deprioritizes it, but he makes it important. You understand what he's done there? He's just kind of put it on there. Right? I'm not going to give you time tonight. God, this is our time. Just imagine, right, as a joke, you're going out for a date night with your partner and you've planned it and you haven't had time for ages and, you know, me and just Rachel just having this lovely night together and suddenly we're sitting chatting and halfway through the conversation and she's explaining something, I suddenly go cheese sandwich and, and just wander off and then... <coughs> Can you imagine, right, if, if like, I'm chatting to her and there's something I'm really struggling with and she's like, oh, I need to do this tomorrow, I need to do this later, oh, I need to do that. You understand what's happening? These things unpick in this building our relationship on it. And I just want you to understand, you know, there's family, work, fatigue, nothing. Right? There is a nothing distraction. Sometimes you don't read the Bible because you don't read the Bible. It's really hard to actually go, go against that. This, I'll give you some advice, right? I'm, I'm just a straight Ron Seal pastor, okay? If you have that problem and you don't read the Bible because you don't read the Bible, this is the answer. Read the Bible. There's no more than that. It's just, just read it, you know? Is it? Stop what you're doing. Read it unless you're driving a car parked safely. Then reading uh, of that. This is what I really want to focus on. Because this uh, research really engaged the concept of Bible reading. And I think if you understand this principle, this is going to help you in 2020. And so research, over 100,000 people who were part of this from the ages of 8 to 80 on how um, they engaged with the Bible. Um, There was side research conclusions that came out of it, right? And it's now become a leading principle. They weren't looking for this, but it came out as a research of Uh, Bible habits. It's called the power of four effect. Okay? And basically, what that means is they found that of the 100,000 people, you should have a slide uh, for this of the power of four. Okay? Is that when you read the Bible once a week, that once a week had a minimal effect on your life. They they assessed the effect of the Bible on people's spiritual lives and afterlife. When they read it twice a week, it had a minimal effect on their life. When they read it three times a week, it had some effect. When it hit four, the four times a week, the growth response rate in people's lives went off the chart. And let me just read you some of that. 228% are more likely to share their faith. We, we, we know we struggle in sharing our faith. And actually, those who are reading the Bible over four times a week are more confident and more likely, 407% are more likely to remember the Bible. That, that doesn't make a massive surprise to me. But if you're thinking, oh, I, I, don't, I don't know how to, I can't remember the Bible, isn't it? How often do you read once a month? Oh. Yeah. 59% are less likely to view pornography, okay? So those who are viewing pornography, accessing it at a certain regular of it, those who are reading the Bible four times a week, suddenly it starts to decrease. 30% less likely to struggle with loneliness. Those who are struggling with loneliness suddenly introduce the Bible in their life. Suddenly it starts to... Let me show you how this, why this goes because I think this is incredible. Next slide. Okay, so this is temptation. 
All right, for those in church who are drinking excessively, all right, 62% reduction, pornography, sex outside of marriage, gambling, lashing out in anger, gossiping, lying, neglecting family. And if you're first time into church, yes, Christians struggle with all of these issues. It just pretends it doesn't, okay? But I want to tell you that the word of God in your life attacks and starts to act. Overeating or mishandling food, overeating or mishandling money. You can see the stats. If your life is going to be better in 2020, you're not going to be able to do it without the word of God. Let me show you another one, not just into temptation, but this one talks in relation to your emotional resilience. Right, some of you might look at the younger, I want to be emotionally resilient in this year. Feeling bitter goes down 40%. Thinking destructive thoughts about others, 32%. Feeling like they like to hide or do what they feel, having to do forgiving, feeling discouraged, loneliness, food, forgiving yourself, thinking unkind thoughts, experiencing fear and anxiety. You understand that the power of the word of God in your life when you read it, what is it? The four effect, the power of four effect. Four times in the week, your life is going to change. Right? You're never know, going to know how that changes until you do it. So the concept is here. The action is left with you. But what goes up in our life? You know, things also go up. <laughs> I love this one. I think this is an American study. This made me laugh, uh, by the way. So uh, the finance kind of go, oh, look, you know, do you know what? You give more to God when you read the Bible. I haven't put that up just for that. That's just the way they're going up. Memorizing scripture, discipling others. We've set a culture in 2020. We want to help you grow in your faith. I need you to grow others in their faith. You're reading the Bible. You're going to be growing in God, sharing your faith, giving them financially others. Here's the thing, I love this spiritually stagnant one. Who's ever felt dry spiritually? Come on, I, I, I've had seasons and periods of my life, you know. You read your Bible, that's going to drop out. Do you know what? When you feel dry and stagnant, you kind of have a lot of kind of go-tos. The first go-to is, God, where are you? Now, here's the truth. God says, well, I'm here. I've always been here. I've always been there. I will always be there. I am always around. And so here's the fault line. We make it God's fault when really there's something else going on. And God says, why don't you come and talk to me? Oh, no, no, I'm too busy. Oh, I'm too tired. Oh, you don't know what's going on. And things like that. You understand there? We're over here. God's over here. And we're blaming God. God, God, come over here. We've just done the prayer room, okay, 24-7 in the prayer room. Let, let me tell you what the biggest find. God was there. So there's a song we sing, Waiting Here For You, right? We come at, at, and we come into a church service and we get in at half ten, you know, and, 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 and then we go, right, God, what we sing to God. We're waiting for you now, God. We're here. Where are you? Will you come here? We're ready for you now. We're ready, isn't it? You know, we're on time. Where are you? That's the song. Have you ever realized that God's singing that over you? There's another one, I'm desperate for you. If I can kneel before God and I say, God, I'm desperate for you, I'm desperate for you. Will you come? Will you come? Will you come? And, and it's like this. Oh, God goes, oh, okay, because you've kind of asked me enough. I'm just going to come now. God's singing over you. 
And let me tell you how desperate God is for you. He sent his only son to leave heaven, to die a criminal's death, your criminal's death, your, you, everything that you had put on himself. That's how desperate God demonstrated his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God was there. You open your Bible, God is there. You get into the presence of God, God is there in 2020. He's waiting for you to come. So this is how we're going to do it as a church. This is the moment. The concept is that we should do it more. Number one, clearly time is key. Clearly you have to look at your time and have to make some calls. Say, God, I will give you time this year. Okay, the four times a week, however much you want to do this, you're going to need to give God some time. You are the leader of your time. You are the responsible for your time. It will never be so, of any other different. Right? You're the boss of your time. Don't blame it on other things. You change it. Number two, tools. Clearly, God has given us tools to use. Right? There are modern translations of the Bible, and if you're new into church and you want to go with us and learn more about God... Ask somebody, say, can I have a modern translation that I can understand? Because if I give you a King James Version written in language that's slightly dated and really crunchy to get through, you're going to struggle if you're brand new to this. Don't start on the biggest complex textbook you can find. Start with what I would recommend is a New Living Translation, the ESV, the English Standard Version, you know, the CEV, the Contemporary English Version, things like that, they help, will help you read. You want to study more, go into the translations that are a little bit help, more helpful for that, and that's the New King James and the NIV. So go into those, and there are other versions that you can research, but start with a good translation. Look at a daily devotional. A daily devotional is simply this, sections of the Bible every day that you can do. Every day with Jesus Daily bread, UCB word for today. Whatever it is, there are many out there. As a church, we're putting before you read scripture. And I will explain why we've chosen that one. And then there's study guides. In your life groups, in your connect groups, you will be going through over the next eight weeks the timeline of the Bible, the Bible Society uh, course. And we want to help you understand the story of the Bible. So if you're not part of a connect group and you're part of this online learning together of people journeying through this, join a connect group, see Sarah and actually say, I'd love to be part of a connect group, studying together and we'll do that. Technology will help you. Okay? So the app that we're doing is online, it's on this app. I put it on me, I sit there and I, I read the read scripture every day. And as a church, I want us to all start tomorrow reading through the Bible. It's 3.2 chapters a day on average for the whole year. Depending how you read, it would take you 15 minutes to half an hour, you know, to read that. It's really quite easy. You can change your settings. You can remind your phone or your, or your app or your iPad or your tablet to remind you going, have you read the Bible today? It's really irritating but it's good for you. Technology can help you. The app that we've got, we've chosen this because it's easy to understand, but there's videos on it. And the videos help you understand what's going on in the story. And they drew nice pictures with funny little kind of word in there. And you can sit there as part of the time we've already said, and it will explain what you're reading. That's why it's a good version, and that's why we've chosen. And finally, this is the key. 
Research has said, have shown, your learning of the Bible will go up exponentially if you do it with somebody else. And so we are designing a culture in this church by which we will do this together. So me and Chris meet up and we'll have coffee. And we will know on the day that we meet up what the reading for that is that day. Because we're doing it together. So how did you get on with Leviticus chapter 27, Chris? You know, it, you know what? Chris's revelation helps me. My revelation helps Chris. We join together and we pray the word of God over Starbucks, wherever we are. Suddenly, God is in Starbucks. You know God goes to Starbucks? Somebody should be saying amen at this. Others are saying, does God drink tea? Yes, he does. Okay. So connect groups are really important in the learning of the word of God. We want to put the word out, and we want you to, and because it's about not eating on your own. Eating on your own is a little bit lonely at times. Eating together, the food tastes better. Have you noticed? We're going to eat the word of God together. Sunday, we're going to deliver a pattern and we're going to use the theme of Jesus as we go through each theme because the whole Bible is about Jesus. The whole book, it's one theme, is about Jesus. And we're going to go through sections of the Bible on Sunday and go, where does Jesus fit into the creation story? Where does Jesus fit into the revelation story? Where does Jesus fit into the mind of prophets? Where does Jesus fit into the gospel? You understand? We're going to help you understand why Jesus opens the Bible. The moment that, that is the big key to Scripture is Jesus. So this year is an introduction into God and you and us working together. I can come up with ideas. I think that's part of my gift set. And part of the ideas is working through pragmatically how we do this and structure this. There's a structure. And now we just need the last thing is for you to go, yeah, I want to do this. So can we stand? And give our aspirations to God. <coughs> Some of you are thinking, God, I need help. I've done this before and I've failed on January the 17th when Leviticus happened. God, help me. Sometimes I feel lonely when I open the Bible. I'm struggling to understand. Help me, God. Sometimes I get too busy. And I really kind of find it challenging to carve out time. Help me to do that. Would you put people in my life, God, who are just going to perhaps know a little bit more about this and they can help me, who are good role models? Would you help me to discipline my time to make appointments with them? Have coffees and would you place me, God, in a group that will help me grow together, not just relationally or spiritually or emotionally, but just in every aspect of my life. God, I want to walk into 2020 with you hand in hand and with the people of God, knowing full well if I do that, it'll be an incredible year. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen.